Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Story on the Spot, the world's only thriller fiction improv game show. My name is Jim Heskett. Going over there is Regular Hart, also known as Craig Hart. Down there is Kevin Hamilton. <laughs> Mechanical Heart. And uh, we will be right back after our introduction. And while we were talking, hey, Mr. R.A. McGee joined uh -huh. us, rolling down hey. Rodeo with a shotgun. That's right. We won't <laughs> say the rest of the song. Yeah. Of the people that are here. <laughs> okay. Hey, welcome to episode 30. You know what? Of Story on the Spot. And you know what? This is Thanksgiving week. So how about this? Let's do this. On the count of three, everyone say what they're thankful for. One, two, three. Jim has my family. The game. My family. Amazing. Thank you, Craig. You win. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Lisa Badger says hello. The uh, episode doesn't really start until Lisa says hi, boys, or hello, <laughs> or something like that. I, now I'm we can actually start this. Lisa's going to vote for me this week. That's what I'm thankful for. <laughs> That sounds like voter fraud to me. Yeah, almost intimidating. It's like it's like Kevin's like, ah, hey, Lisa, nice. Uh, We're gonna sort nice, whatever you got there. Well, you know, something happened to it. Until I certify the winner, it's not done every week. So. <laughs> oh man, we gotta win. We gotta win Jim over. <laughs> I've already filed lawsuits. <laughs> Pre Last week, Mister Ari McGee was the winner. Hey, you did it, Ra. Hooray! Have anything real quick to say? You got a five-second acceptance speech. Happy Thanksgiving. Very well done. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you are watching, here's what you're going to do. We are going to go through three or four rounds of story prompts, and each of these three authors is going to pitch a story. You watching, you can vote by comment after, and then next week you'll tune in to see the winner. And let's see. And then today we have a bonus word, and that bonus word is kibosh. It's listed as a verb, but you can really use it as a noun too to decisively end or reject something. You can, I mean, I mostly seen it used as a noun to put the kibosh on something. But so there's your word of the bonus word of the day, kibosh. And if you say that, you'll get a point and you're going to get this, which is its own reward. Um, I think we're ready to go, right? And believe that should be all we have. So let's dig in to our first early, story. But I'm totally ready to go. No, oh, well, thanks. We appreciate it, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> you can trust. This is called. You can trust me. I'm a cop. Kimberly Gold's apparent plan to get free food at the Chick Fil A in Rockmart, Georgia, ended in her arrest on charges of impersonating a public officer. According to police, Gold, 47 had repeatedly visited the restaurant telling workers she was an FBI agent and threatening to arrest them if they didn't serve her a complimentary meal. She continued her charade during her arrest, telling officers her credentials were electronic and talking into her shirt like she was talking into a radio. So, one of these three authors is going to be the first to pitch us a story based on Kimberly impersonating an FBI officer and tell us what's really going on here. Who wants to be first? Craig? Do you, do you, <laughs> you think you could use the story in a sentence? 
please. <laughs> sure. Can, we build can you phrase the story in the form of a question? <laughs> uh, okay, I'll go. Kevin's uh, going to go first. So, Gold, um, Agent Gold to you, uh, doubters out there. Agent Gold is actually an agent from the future where uh, the one thing that has prevented us from being enslaved by evil alien overlords is Chick-fil-A chicken nuggets. Uh, it's something about their special secret ingredient. Some people say pickle juice. I'm on the fence about it. Uh, but so, the secret special ingredient in Chick-fil-A nuggets is the only hope humanity has. So when she's talking into her clothing, she's wearing a suit of nanotechnology that actually allows her to communicate with the uh, future FBI branch uh, 150 years hence. So uh, she's every day going in, getting as many of these nuggets as she can, and returning to the future. But uh, our enemies are working against us. Someone has sent back uh, a, uh, an evil agent to disrupt this plan, and they're preventing her from moving forward again. So when she tries to prove her identity to today's FBI, uh, her signals are blocked, and she just looks crazy. So now it's all about getting gold in the future. Nice. Thank you, Kevin Tomlinson, for breaking the seal, for popping this episode's cherry. Uh, <laughs> I should have said the FBI put a kibosh on it. Yeah. Son of a whore. <laughs> All right. Language, sir. Hello, geez. It's a family podcast. And on our Thanksgiving show where all the kids are home from school and everything I'm watching too. <laughs> Mommy, what's a whore? <laughs> That's our first possible yearbook? episode title. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> okay. okay, Craig. Ra, who wants to be in the middle here? I, I'll be the I'll be the meaty center of the sandwich. I don't mind uh, at all. Go um, ahead, Ra. So I think what's going on is um, for for anybody that's not familiar with the FBI, they are they're not really good at what they do. All right. And there's a reason why there's a reason. Well, there's a reason why they're called um, why other other cop types call usually call them the Phoebes. Right. Because like they're kind bumbling, of bumbling investigators. Right. They don't they're not really good. Like everyone goes, ah, oh, the FBI is on it. But they're really like, whatever, dude, you're, you're fine. So to all my I, FBI friends, by the way, I don't fully agree. With them, and I don't want to share a cell with them. <laughs> to the FBI people who are listening right now, let me finish this story. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. So, oh, um, so they aren't really great at what they do, and so this particular uh, sub office of the FBI is actually uh, they had the lease on their building expire, um, and so they actually need some office space, and so they're actually working out of the Chick Fil A. Okay, and that's the reason why our lady is there every single day. Right. <coughs> the people that work at Chick-fil-A, they think it's a little weird why she's here all the time, but she's working there every day because that's where her office is located, you know? And the problem is what I meant earlier when I said the FBI is not really good at what they do is they don't have a very good, like a formalized uh firing plan, right? You know, you're supposed to like fire someone, you take their gun, you take all their top secret stuff, you walk them out of the building. Well, this branch doesn't really have their act together, so the manager just decides, like, I'm going to fire my subordinate. I'm just going to revoke her access to the building. So she shows up to the building, 
and everything's all weird. And, 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 and she's like, listen, I'm, you know, I'm an agent. I'm allowed to work here. And they're going, ma'am, you're here all the time. You're obviously off your meds. This isn't a problem. She actually has a radio in her collar. She's trying to call her superior in the restaurant, but that's his way of saying like, you're fired and you're out. So realistically, she's actually an FBI agent and due to their poor HR practices, uh, this is their version of firing her from their secret office at Chick-fil-A. So, And that pitch is titled Ghosted by the FBI. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Craig, bring us home. What do you got? Oh, I went, I went first. Remember, you, you don't remember? I, I, I already told my... Oh, okay. <laughs> it's worth a try. <laughs> Another Mandela effect. <laughs> so the country is divided, as we know, and but it's not in the way we think it is. It's divided in, into two parts. First, people who eat Chick-fil-A and people who do not. But there's a very specific reason for this, you see. And it is because eating Chick-fil-A is a way of mind control, but it's benign, benevolent even. And what it happens, so life is stressful it's really difficult to deal with the bigger issues sometimes and eating chick-fil-a the the secret ingredient is actually a serum that helps people forget all the bad stuff in their life makes them feel happier and all of that and then but there's there also people have there have to be people who take care of reality and live in reality not everybody can handle it and so the people who don't eat chick-fil-a are those who have been designated by the government to handle the big problems of life and to deal with all of the inane things that most of us can't can't deal with on a regular basis. And so this this Kim is, and the only reason I remember that is because that's my wife's name, and I had to for my personal safety. Um, she is one of was one of the designated people to handle the 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 big questions that most of us can't. But she can't deal with it any longer. She's like, I've got to get out of here. I, I've just I need to go to Dumbland where I can't think about all this stuff. So she runs down to Chick-fil-A and of course everybody is, is listed, you know, on the list and Chick-fil-A checks in. If you're on the list, you can't have any of their products. So she's like, look, uh, I'm an officer. I'm here to test to make sure you guys are doing your job. And you know, the serum, I'm only going to do it once. The serum works. You guys are good. You can keep your license. If it doesn't affect me, then we're going to have to take um, some disciplinary action. So that's the way she's trying to escape the reality of our current existence is by eating Chick-fil-A. Um, but cl- clearly she was caught and she must continue down her, her difficult and yet um, just giving life of taking care of all of the difficult, horrible things that the rest of us otherwise would have to deal with. Thanks, Craig. I can tell that story was very emotionally difficult for you. It was. I like how Chick-fil-A makes us forget horrible things. And then at the beginning of the whole thing, we forgot about Craig's uh, pitch. So <laughs> I, think that, I think there's a connection. Well, there is. And if you, you know, whenever you go to Chick-fil-A, everybody's happy. The employees are great. I mean, it's true. Yeah, They're very polite. To it. I, I, just, I just made that up, but I, I'm actually thinking that. There might be something to it. I mean, I'm a dumb guy, so I certainly leave there. <laughs> Craig is really leaning into this dumb thing. <laughs> I was on this last week, too, wasn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Craig's got some kind of branding shift. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see how it works out. I don't know if it'll be successful or not. 
the new logo for Northern Lakes is just like Craig with like thick glasses and buck teeth. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so if you're watching, vote for your favorite pitch. Vote with one of those three pitches. You like? I saw Badger vote for me. So, and look at that suggestion works. Kirsten Moore's here. She voted for you too, Kevin. All right. Right, well, Something's not right here. Yeah, unfortunately, Nick Thacker couldn't be here with us today because he had a Manny Petty scheduled at the same time, and he <laughs> had already canceled his last two Manny Petty, so he could not. He said he wasn't. The if, the women at the place seen, were gonna. Yeah, if you've seen dude's feet, you know he needs that Petty. So don't begrudge him this. <laughs> They're going to work right now with under a whole bunch of other accounts so he can cast votes for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. This is round two. This is called "I Know My Rights." In September, police patrol Cheske Budecevich in the Czech Republic, where a 9 p.m. curfew has been imposed in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. They came upon a man pulling a toy plush dog behind him late at night in the town center. I'm walking a dog here. I'm not doing anything illegal here, the man told officers. Walking a dog is permitted after curfew, but police gave him a warning and sent him and his, quote, pet on their way. Mm. 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 So, who wants to be the first to pitch the story about uh, Cheshche Budevich? Budevici. I have no idea how you would even come close to pronouncing that. I'll, I'll go. I'll go. I think I can. All right. So, I think the first thing we need to do is establish what our uh, our dog walker's name is because they don't they don't name him in the story. So, I'm gonna just call him Jan. Okay, because I got to call him something. All right. So I think what's happening is that the pandemic has allowed a lot of people to do things that they normally wouldn't. And a lot of uh, nefarious elements within the government, uh, it gives them a smokescreen to kind of work on their other agenda. All right. And so in this instance, in Czechoslovakia, there that small town, uh, the mayor is is fully corrupt, okay, and he's uh, running an arms smuggling ring, okay, and he's bringing in uh, all kinds of, of weapons, and they're funneling from Russia through the Czech Republic into some less than savory places, you know, in like Chechnya and stuff like that, and. Uh, I think that Jan is a uh, is a reporter, okay, who has stumbled on to this conspiracy. All right, and Jan, uh, you know, is as anti Russia as it gets. You know, ever since the whole falling of of the Eastern Bloc and it, or ever since the whole fall of the USSR, he really takes uh, the independent freedom that the Czechs have. Well, after they. Sp- split with Slovakia, you know, that's a whole different story. He takes that uh, very seriously. And so as a journalist, he's really serious about trying to make sure that uh, they don't have ties with Russia. And so he decides that he's going to work with Interpol and try to take this mayor down so he can stop, uh, stop these arms deals. Well, the problem is COVID was a perfect cover for the mayor and his arms deals. He's got his guys out after dark, you know, moving trucks and shipping containers back and forth. Well, Jan 
knows that the only way he can get out is if he's, you know, walking a dog or something like that. So he bought a dog at the beginning of the pandemic just to have an excuse to walk and get out and gather evidence and meet with snitches and, uh, you know, drop off info to Interpol and do what he has to do. Well, the problem is Jan's dog ran away. Right. So he's sitting there and he's like, I need to go and I got to meet with my Interpol handler, but he's got no dog. So Jan thinks the best thing I can do is go into my kid's room and get a fake dog, a plush dog. And maybe just maybe if I walk it down the street with a leash, no one will know it's a fake dog. Well, obviously, that was a buffoonish plan. And that's why Jan got caught. But Jan will will find his dog. He'll go on later to find his dog. And he and the dog will team up and bust the Russian arms deal uh, that the mayor's having. So that's what's going on. It's just a little bit of trade craft and, and, and spy games. Very nice. Thank you, R.A. McGee. Let me put the story back up on the screen. And who wants to go second? All right. Um, I felt like I have to. Plus, just because I went last last time and also because have you guys ever told a story that was so bad that you just felt you you couldn't wait to get the taste of it out of your mouth? I don't know, but I'm excited to hear what happens next. (laughs) Well, my last one was that bad. So this is what we're doing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) This is not a hypothetical question. I'm actually asking. Um, No. So (laughs) this goes back to I don't know if if it was last episode where the covid sniffing dogs. I believe we had a story about that. Well, this is related to that. Um, And one thing that we didn't necessarily get into uh, fully anyway is that the dogs weren't necessarily sniffing for covid, but but something else (coughs) would touch on that. But the truth is what they're doing is they're they're trained to sniff for traders and people who are working against the government because you know a lot of times when you're in countries that have broken away from communism whatever there still remain some sketchy elements even though they they've left you see and there's still a lot of that going on in this country and so these these dogs have been trained the all of the dogs in that country have been trained to sniff out people who are working undercover there's like oh like a pheromone they give off in their plotting it's called the plot scent you see and uh, so the government, everybody who owns a dog has had to go through this government training and they've had to sign pledges and they've gone through various uh, brainwashing by the secret police to make sure they can be trusted with, with one of these dogs. Well, um, what was the name? Jan? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Jan. Well, Jan is like, you know, what? Um, he's on to this. He knows what's going on and he's a member of of the resistance all along. And uh, so he gets this, he applies for a dog. They turn him down, of course, because he doesn't pass the test, the psychological exams and whatnot. And so he goes out and gets a plush dog. And what he does is load it down with cameras and recording equipment inside. And, <laughs> and uh, he goes out at night and, and RA is correct that they do all this stuff under, undercover, you know, at night and they move their trucks around. But what, what uh, Jan is doing is dragging his little plush animal around and recording all this stuff. Um, and he's gotten a reputation now just being the crazy, there's crazy Jan pulling around his stuffed animal. And all the while he's, uh, recording all of these nefarious activities and hoping to put the kibosh on what the government is doing. I'll wait for it. 
Thank you. <laughs> well, it was actually legitimate that time, and none of mine ever. You are, earned that so. one, Greg. Well done. <laughs> anyway, he, Jan is going to be be responsible for finally driving the last vestiges of communism and government fraud out of his country. So we'll be seeing and hearing a lot of Jan in the years to come. Very nice. Thank you, Craig Hart. All right, Kevin, it's time to pay attention again because you're the last one. Okay. Where am I? <laughs> okay, so here's what I think is happening. Um, we got a scenario where uh, this is one of those, like, a serial killer or someone has captured this guy's loved one and has uh, told him, uh, given him a series of tasks he has to complete in a certain time frame. And one of them is to be on this corner at this specific time with a dog. Uh, the dog is supposed to provide some cover uh, while he's out because of the whole pandemic thing. But the problem is the dog uh, gets off the leash and takes off. Uh, and he has to scramble and he manages to find a toy dog and just sort of says, well, good enough. Um, so he's waiting on this corner and he gets harassed, uh, but they leave him alone. And then he's got to run up to his next task, uh, which is uh, we'll just pick something random from what these guys said. Uh, but the, uh, you know, the police came along uh, to try to put the kibosh on his little uh, adventure. There we go. And I've now successfully worked word into the story <laughs> so you're gonna stop is that that's it <laughs> just stop that's it that's it that's all i got that's all i got and then it ended with an ellipsis this is a lot of my novels in too so, a cliffhanger uh, you're gonna get hung in the reviews dun, i know dun, <laughs> cliffhanger. i've heard of like character driven and plot driven but i never heard of kibosh driven this is really interesting, really interesting. <laughs> What's really funny is I accidentally hit Siri on my laptop, and so it, it actually captured everything I said about uh, about that story. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, it's our intermission. Does anyone have anything to promote? Any news? Any big deals going on? Yes, I do. Ooh. Craig, you have the floor. Oh, I get to talk about it. Okay. Yeah, you can you can tell <laughs> us. It's not just a I yes just, or no question. There's there's being follow-ups. a dumb guy again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, all of my back catalog is now going to be wide distribution. So if you have anything, or if you prefer to read on Kobo, Apple, Nook, whatever, um, then you may do so. They're now, most of them are now up there and I'll be shooting out the links to the mailing list pretty soon, but yeah. I'm going to put the back catalog on there. I don't know what I'll be doing for future releases. That may still be a, a KU, at least up front, and then move them over. We'll see how the how, what, what happens there. But, yeah, big news there. And it was a lot of work, by the way, moving yeah, on. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so I wish to be rewarded. <laughs> Make me rich. I've worked hard for it. <laughs> um, I would like to promote Story on the Spot. I would like to ask you watching – if uh, you just tell your friends about the show and you know what, you don't have to like go out on your street corner and start shouting. All you really have to do is click the share button below any of our posts. That's it. It's like two clicks and you can spread the word about the show. Uh, Craig, what about your competition on Goodreads? That's for USA only. Lisa Badger wants to know. 
Hi, Lisa. <laughs> well, that is Goodreads' problem at this point. Yeah, and it's not my my book either. It's uh, Varengo's book. It's still very good, and you could go check it out certainly. And the list has been informed about that already. Okay, but you're right. It, it is at this U.S. only. I'm sorry. Okay, here, yeah, Amazon does a lot of that stuff. Uh, U.S. only is kind of crappy. Round three. This is called "What If by Land." A couple hiking in Ingersham in northeastern France came across a tiny aluminum or aluminium capsule that turned out to contain a message in German dropped by a carrier pigeon 110 years ago. Curator Dominique Gardy at the nearby Linge Memorial Museum determined the message was sent from one German officer to another, detailing military exercises taking place in the area. So 110 years ago is roughly, that's World War I, right? Around that time? Hmm. yes okay so who wants to be the first to pitch us a story based on one if by land okay uh i give up i'll do it uh okay (laughs) so uh this is uh i put no thought into this so uh here we go. Uh, this is a time travel story. We've actually got uh, these two Germans are communicating with each other, but they don't realize they've been communicating with each other across a void in time. They, they at one uh, one of these soldiers accidentally uh, intercepted a carrier pigeon, um, and it was uh, you know his first introduction to this. And so they're out in the field. They're both in the trenches. They're both they're both fighting in this war but they don't realize that they're fighting in two different wars. One is fighting in World War One, and the other is fighting in World War II. Um, and so they're communicating, and then sometimes their communications don't quite make sense. Um, but once, once, they real, once the soldier in World War II realizes what's going on, he sends some intelligence back. He starts sending intelligence back to the soldier in World War I, which starts to change history and starts to impact uh, the universe and suddenly uh to end the whole thing the uh the the nexus or whatever it is that's allowing them to communicate with each other uh collapses and the carrier page drops the message in the future and uh unbeknownst to the people who discover it there's now a, a means to communicate with uh people in world war ii so uh, these Germans uh, in, uh, who've discovered this uh, can now start communicating with this soldier in World War II and influencing the future yet again. So it's uh, it's sort of uh, what is it the the lake the lake cabin or whatever with uh, Keanu Reeves and what was that Sandra Bullock? What was that called? Sandra it was, Bullock. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. It was the lake the cabin lake or the cabin lake, the lake house. The lake house. It's the lake house with Nazis. <laughs> You know, that's funny because I made this graphic just for that. Mm. (laughs) Arbiter and prognosticator. (laughs) Okay, who's next? Uh, I think I can. I think I can go. All right. All right. I like your confidence. Let's hear it. Yes. Yes. Uh, Because none of the rest of us think you can go. Yeah. Well, you guys might be you guys might be right. <laughs> so, 
Um, okay, so this is what I think, okay? I think that we are looking back at the uh, at kind of the infancy of, of World War One, okay? And the Germans, they didn't just, you know, when the Nazis, Nazis popped up, they didn't just start doing crazy experiments then. It wasn't like they were like, oh, hey, it's the 40s. Like, let's go wild with genetics. You know, they were always kind of doing that. That was kind of their thing. I mean, you know, Mary Shelley wrote, you know, the book Frankenstein when she was kind of in Germany, you know, based on uh, some things she overheard uh, that night. And so I think that that's all that's just a thread through the ages for them is their experimentation on human beings. And I think that our hero, uh, we'll call him Hans, all right? Hans is just a, a local, okay? And uh, uh, he gets captured uh, by the German military pre-World War I and uh, dragged off to a castle where uh, there's a Mengele-esque doctor who's performing uh, experiments on people, okay? And Hans is, uh, you know... He's in a corridor of dungeons, and so he can hear as the people next to him are taken for the day and just never come back. So he knows that, you know, today's his day, you know, to escape or to die, essentially. And so Hans puts on this daring escape, okay? And as he's escaping, you know, he overpowers guards, he swims through, you know, tunnels and flooded tunnels in the basement. And uh, as he gets done, he gets to the the rookery, okay, where I, they have the pigeons with little, uh, you know, the little capsules that they're going to send. Well, Hans steals these because he thinks that that's his best way to kind of disrupt this, right? Because you've got the castle with the experimentation, talking to other officers, you know, to bring in more subjects. So Hans decides that that's what he's going to do to uh, to affect the change that he needs to stop people from dying. So he steals dozens of these little capsules. Okay. And he hits the ground running and he's in Bavaria, man. And he's ducking and dodging and he's hiding. And they eventually track him down with bloodhounds and they catch him and they drag him back. And the officers that catch him recover all of the vials, except one that they missed. And that one stayed there until a couple hiking found it 110 years later. And everyone wonders what it came from, but it was really evidence of Hans's uh, brave but ill-fated attempt to put the kibosh on the not the pre-Nazi experimentation. So nicely done, R.A. McGee. So I believe that just leaves you, Mister Regular Heart. We put the story back up here for a few seconds, so you can re-familiarize yourself. Okay. You forget I can't read, so this isn't going to help me at all. Oh, that's why you're so dumb. Because <laughs> we were talking about it for like four hours after the show last week. Why is See, it now it all up? makes sense. What's wrong with that guy? <laughs> so many things. Okay, so here we go. World War One. We all know uh, Adolf Hitler had his beginnings in World War One as a, as a German officer. Well. He's out. He this time he actually has. You know, he's a regular guy. He's not the Adolf Hitler that that we think of. And as a regular guy, he has 
um, a girlfriend he loves very much. Um, and she, but she's currently in another country. Um, it's at a time when, you know, women don't necessarily travel by themselves a lot still. That's starting to change, but it's still kind of whatever, especially in the you know, more aristocracy. And she's in that in that group. So she's at her parents and they're preparing her for her big you know, coming out celebration and all that stuff. And he's excited. He, he can't wait. Um, he's in the military this time. And uh, so once he is going to be released from the military, they're going to get married and, and just have a family. He's going to be a painter. He's going to do all this stuff and they're going to have a great <clears throat> life. So he's really excited, looking forward to it. Well, she decides to send him a message uh, via carrier pigeon reaffirming her love for him and telling him that there's been a change. I'm going to have to meet you at another day at the, at the train station uh, because of just some sort of delay, nothing, no, no big deal, just a change of plans. And they have carrier pigeons is going to be faster than, than any other method for some reason. Well, he doesn't, the carrier pigeon takes a wrong turn and doesn't get to Adolf in time. So he goes to the train station and she's not there. And she, he leaps to the conclusion She's left me. She's thrown me over for somebody. She thinks I'm not worthy. I'm I'm a loser. I'm you know, I'm a failure. I'll never be a painter. All this all the self-doubts that linger in Adolf's mind for for decades sink in and just he internalizes those and uses it's the 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 apparent forsaking of his of his only love that that he internalizes much and, and takes on and it begins to change him inside a lot. But the carrier pigeon all this time is still meandering its way it finally gets its bearings oh okay let me go back oh here we go so he gets on the right direction starts winging its way toward adolf with the the message that will make everything okay again well adolf is out on the range he's angry he's shooting at targets to try to get the rage out you know to, to, to relax a little bit and um he's startled by a dog bark off in the distance as he pulls the trigger and it, the, the rifle kind of comes up and so the bullet takes an upward trajectory and about a mile up or so hits a bird and the bird plummets to the earth, never to be heard or seen of again until recently. And that bird was the carrier pigeon carrying that message that would have made everything okay. So sadly, Adolf goes on a rage filled young man and becomes the Adolf we know because of one stray bullet. Man poignant anyway <laughs> thanks Craig <laughs> sorry to bring everybody down <laughs> that was a good story okay it's just a lot a lot of Hitler <laughs> a lot, yeah there's a lot, lot of Hitler in there but that's okay sometimes okay. that sometimes that happens um, alright so thanks for watching everyone we'd love it if you'd go to storyonthespot.live uh, to check out learn more about the show find all of our individual websites because did you know watch viewer and listener that the four people on this phone call are all thriller authors and we all offer free books on our websites. So you're right over there. It's uh, craigahart.com, kevintomlinson.com and ramcgee.com. And I'm jimheska.com. You can just go to storyonthespot.live to find us there. And next week we'll be back to our regular Thursday, 2 PM Eastern time slot. Anybody have any parting Parting words, any Thanksgiving wishes, hopes, and dreams to discuss before we leave? Mm. 
No, mm-hmm. no, no. Everybody's just thinking about Hitler now. Great. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> Thanks a That's lot. All, I got Greg. <laughs> all right, everyone. Have a wonderful uh, Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next week.